It's a very personal, very important thing. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money. What's up, guys? Welcome back to uh, Under the Covers, presented by No Easy Buckets. This is uh, the College Football Best Bets Week 6. I'm Jacob. Of course, I'm joined by uh, Money Mike and Clay once again. We're back in it with another week, back in the lab. Man, Mike, what happened last week? How'd your picks go? Ooh, you know, we had started out okay for the year, but now we're at a little rough patch. But fortunately, we're entering the month of October. But I went two and three last week. Um, Ohio State, my lock, didn't hit. It was a close game, fun to watch. I mean, it would have been cool to see Penn State win anyway. Uh, but the way they lost was pretty bad. Uh, Texas A&M, 14-0 to start the game. Like, ran back the opening kickoff. And then they just sat on the ball. Jimbo, I don't know what we're doing. But I was really frustrated with that one the most. Um, Arizona USC it was a snoozer so obviously didn't hit my over but Appalachian State the game that five people watched we made money there and of course when Clay and I agree on something like this and we fade Ole Miss we always get paid so at least we got those two to hit on to move us into October where we really start catching the action so yeah what about you Clay how'd last week go we had a uh, pedestrian three and two week, moving the year total to 14 and 14, or 12 and 12, sorry, I got ahead of myself. 12 and 12 so far on this season. But more in damn importantly, we want to bet against the voicemail call in. I like the Rebs this weekend against LSU. I think they'll cover, and I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a three point game. So, Maddie. Thought he would be able to clown on the pod. And let's just give everybody out there a disclosure. If you call in talking some noise, you better win your pick or we're going to clown on you. So, first and <laughs> foremost, Maddie, here's what you can do with that Ole Miss ticket. I hope you take that Ole Miss ticket and you ram it straight up your And even more embarrassing than that, Maddie, is we make a bet. I won the bet. And what do I hear? I hear you done skip town. Move to Austin, Texas on the Sunday after you lose your bet. Mm. If you weren't a pal, I would expect something better from you. But I know your brother too well, and he skips town when he loses bets. But we're going to ship our weight, Maddie, because I'll be in a work trip in Austin, Texas at the beginning of November. So I'm expecting to come drink their version of a Silky's Bucket. I've always heard everything's bigger in Texas. I'll be the one to judge. But I'll see you first week in November to pay up. Because I'm not waiting on you to come back to me. I'll come find you to collect payment. I like it. Collecting was, payment. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hold him accountable. If you call into the pod, you're a part of you're a part of the pod. You're we're holding you accountable. You don't you're not gonna run from it. So maybe but maybe we, we'll hear from Maddie later. We'll definitely encourage him to keep bringing it in, keep bringing us the takes. It gets the it gets the yeah. pot boiling a little bit, so we'll clown yeah. on you all day. Yeah, and you can clown on me. You know? <laughs> clown on me if you want. I, I don't. I don't care. I'm just giving you my opinion. You can ride, or you can sit on the sidelines, or join Clay's million dollar bets. Either one. 
What's a uh, or you can pay. Or you can fade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you can't get rich with me, get rich, you because know, fading of, off. In spite of you. But I'm 11 and 14. I'm, yeah, I'm so one good week f- away from being over 500. 11 and 14 for the year. Clay, what was yours again? You said 12 and 12. 12 and 12. And as Mike said, we're entering October, so this is where you get your money right here. Yeah, this is this is where you make the money in the meat of the season, meat of the conference season. So uh, you know, we'll have. Uh, some good matchups to pick from here moving forward. I want to do a quick little uh, talk about some significant things that happened last week. Um, I know there's some, uh, uh, Mike, you tell what happened with that. Uh, you had, you had a kind of a little special bet last week with the Rams um, that pushed, right. It uh, kind of went minus seven. So uh, yeah, Vikings interesting analytical bet there. So it almost paid off, but guess yeah. what? It didn't lose. <laughs> yeah. That's a, what's what we're talking about. But other than that, the biggest, I would say matchup, Last week was the primetime game, Ohio State, Penn State. I watched most of that. I love watching night games at Penn State when they're on primetime. It kind of looks like a high school feel with the grass and everything. Like, it feels like the lighting is kind of bad. <laughs> but, you know, it's like just that's kind of part of the situation there. Um, but that that game was – I didn't bet on it, but that game was crazy to watch and see James Franklin, uh, uh, you know, make some questionable decisions at the end. Yeah, big road win for Ohio State. Who would have thought uh, Urban Meyer would bounce back from such a difficult three-game suspension? I mean, does anybody handle adversity as good as Urban Meyer? Health issues, everything. The guy just wins. Yeah, he does. And he also now, makes up for the horrid marketing job of Ohio State's uh, Twitter handle. Wolf, man. <laughs> not to go are. deep into that, but <laughs> man. Yeah, because we're not a political podcast here. No, um, <clears throat> stay true to the numbers. We're, we're going to spend the next twenty minutes breaking down the Kavanaugh hearing and what we. Yeah, I want that. your thoughts. <laughs> I want your thoughts on Kavanaugh. Um, no, so yeah, that was a crazy game. I mean, something too after the game, which was crazy. I don't necessarily agree with the point, with the comment, but like the time and the place is everything with a lot of things, with a lot of stuff. Well, after the game, James Franklin goes into this thing about how describing Ohio State is an elite program and Penn State is, like, trying to get to that spot and talks about how, like, in certain games like this, it seems like those elite programs always find a way to win, and that's what they're trying to get to. And I get the, like, logic around that, but at a place like Penn State, you know, less – like an hour after you've just lost, after having a two-possession lead in the fourth quarter – that was a that was a questionable time to bring that up. It that was, was. Uh, that's the equivalent of Calipari saying um, Memphis wasn't sitting at the big kids table when he was coaching here. Yeah. Bad quote to say about your own team. Yeah, I mean, because like Penn State fan, I mean, that's a proud fan base. They've been a historically great program. They recruit with the best of them. They had their you know obviously their down periods, but you know the past few years they've been ever since Franklin got there they've been kind of back. But I don't know. I bet you there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know deep pockets at Penn State that didn't appreciate that comment. But. I feel like you could take that quote a few different ways, but one way playing devil's advocate, I feel like he's maybe just showing his respect to the program of Ohio State. But yeah, yeah. mainly mainly it's still kind of saying, look, we're not elite, <laughs> and Penn State's just known to always be elite. Elite. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I can see that being a comment at, like, some summer press conference when he's, like, traveling the state of Pennsylvania, talking at, like, you know, these conventions and stuff, like, you know, in, in the middle of, like, like in May or something. 
but I mean, right after, you know, an hour after a loss, it's pretty tough, um, you know, to hear your coach say that. Um, other than that, <clears throat> there wasn't a, um, you know, Mississippi State lost to Florida and Dan Mullen's return. Another stinker of a watch on ESPN. Snoozer. Snooze fast. Mike, you were there. Was it? It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as 3 2, but it was pretty bad, right? Yeah, because I was texting y'all and I was like, yeah. you remember when we played against Auburn and it was 3 to 2? That's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> and then Dan Mullen whips out a wide receiver screen pass, like a double pass yeah. to score a touchdown. I'm like, that son of a bitch. <laughs> And I'm sitting there just – my blood was boiling. I, it just – I'll get more into Mississippi State later on in this pod. But, yeah, it, it just was not a game to watch. If, but if you bet money on the under, you cashed in pretty yeah, nice. That was clear from, like, early on that game was going to go under. So, um, other than that, I mean, you didn't really have too many big games. Uh, you know, have, have some coming up this week, which we'll get into. Um, but other than that, let's get on into the uh, <clears throat> let's get on into the bets. Um, Clay, why don't you start us out this week? All right, starting it out this week. Last week on this pod, I told Joe Moorhead that any pass play called by Nick Fitzgerald is a wasted down. Now we know Joe Moorhead does not listen to the pod. So when I looked, sat down to do my research today, the only thing that came to my mind in this Auburn Mississippi State game. Will Nick Fitzgerald have to complete a pass in order for Mississippi State to potentially win this game? I settled on yes, he would have to complete a pass. So I'm going to take Auburn minus three. In Fitz's three games against Power 5 opponents this year, he has a completion percentage of 40.7, 50, and 42.3. State's averaging 6.5 points a game in their two SEC games. Auburn allows 12.6 points a game. They, I think their defense is the best per possession, least fewest points scored per, per possession in the country. Auburn defense is stingy. Their offense, not anything great with Jared Stidham. They kind of spun their tires last week against Southern Miss. But at this point, the state program is in a bad spot. They're hating the coach. Auburn minus three. I think we get like a 17-10 to 10 type game here. Nothing high scoring at all. Auburn wins a low scoring classic. Auburn Mississippi State defensive shootout this weekend. Yeah, and I'll say that's that's my first pick as well, or at least one of them, because you see Auburn laying three in Starkville with a uh, two shaky losses to two Eastern opponents not named Georgia. You can't help but just buy into that. Uh, combining 13 points of the past two games, back to back losses. I think three points is just being overvalued. Uh, I mean, we do have good home games or good crowds, and maybe they value the annoying cowbell as much as we think. But either way, they're a touchdown better. I like the under here. Both defenses have looked well, you know, but overall the offenses still really haven't found their identification. And also I think Nick gets the boot about mid-second quarter. You can write that down. And I think this is a must win for Moorhead. So he better start pulling it out, getting better use of his players, because really he's not going to get it done with 39 carries in a game for Nick Fitzgerald, who they already know he's going to run. Like, give it to your guys that average six yards a carry. This is all pure pessimistic for me. So we're rolling that minus three. Yeah. And that, uh, hey, before, before we go to the next pick, 
I just want to praise the host, Jacob, in our season preview this year. He asked us <laughs> if there was a chance we could see Keaton Thompson starting before the season's over. And me and Mike honestly thought he was, I don't know, what Smoking. stick or something. We It blew us back to hear that. And now we're in the sixth game of the year. And at this point, you wouldn't even be surprised if Thompson started on Saturday. Yeah, four weeks later, I'm sitting here eating my words. So. <laughs> not, not necessarily the circumstance you want to be right on a bet because it's, it's, it's at the, the cost of our season in a lot of respects. But, but yeah, I mean, we could, we could see that happen. Uh, you know, it's kind of – a lot of the fan base is kind of split. You got a lot of people that are like, don't take the senior out. But I think, you know, even if it's not 100% his fault, something has to change. And obviously they're not going to fire the coach midseason. If Keaton runs it better, go ahead and make the change. But um, yeah, yeah, I've never seen anybody more angry than my brother <laughs> <laughs> at a Mississippi State game when he has an Ole Miss degree. Like he gets madder than me, and he's just—he's like fire more. I'm like, <laughs> Maddie's passionate. Uh, right now, though, that line is at four and uh, minus four for Auburn. Uh, since you guys took it, you know, good thing y'all, you know, you got it. It's going in the right direction for you guys. Um, uh, but that over under two is uh, that total is forty two. We we you mentioned that Clay, that looks like a solid bet. I'd still um, take Auburn at four. I'd take it all the way up to six. Yeah, so it may it may get there by Saturday. So it's a looks like it's a night. No, it's a three. Was it six thirty? Six thirty night game. Oh, they have Eastern listed here. My bad. Yeah, last so time I was this game. down on uh, Mississippi State for a home game was against Alabama last year. I think we had like loaded up on Bama minus seven, and they somehow like keep it close. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was that was a fun one overtime. Um, yeah, so y'all both had Auburn, Mississippi State. Clay took uh, y'all both taking the Auburn minus three. Uh, obviously, it's at four now, but the suggestion is to keep going. Uh, what was your uh, what's your next game, Mike? Well, we got to start out with a Thursday night game, of course. There we go. Uh, we got. Actually, there's like three Thursday night games, but we're only taking one. We got Tulsa going to Houston. I got Houston laying 18 on this Thursday night. Houston's top 10 in pretty much every every category statistically on offense. And the, an interesting stat, they're 127th in time on the field, meaning that they score quick. They don't really spend a lot of time out there, but they are – a very good offensive team. Tulsa, they only covered one game, and it was against Texas earlier this season. As for Texas, really figured it out, and I think that was all Texas's fault, not due to the fact that Tulsa's any good. Um, Tulsa's offense, 103rd in scoring, one of the worst passing teams. The rush is the only thing they do well. Houston has done very well in rush defense, ranked 38th in the nation, and it's a good conference home opener. For the Cougars, Tulsa's lost three straight. I think it's a big loss here for number four. There it is. Thursday, that's a Thursday night game, so that'll be uh, you'll be hearing this on Thursday morning. So make sure uh, we'll try to send out a little tweet reminder uh, ahead of that start. Um, what's up next for you, Clay? All right, before I get into my second pick, I forgot to do this before the first pick, but let's do our weekly check-in with the most electrifying oh. player in all of college football, Greg Dortch. Last week. Wake Forest rolled against Bryce. Mr. Dorch, 11 catches, 163 for four touchdowns. So he's back on track, getting back. We're getting next year's Heisman campaign. Just wait around, boys. You heard it here first. All right, back to the picks. This team covers for us every week. They're the defending national champions for a reason. 
So this week we're riding UCF at home minus 24 against the SMU Mustangs. UCF rolled last week 45-14 at home versus Pitt. All, all we need to know about here is, is McKenzie Milton dressing out for UCF? Yes. Last week, he went 18 or 34, 328 yards, four TDs through the air. He didn't stop there. On the ground, he went 10 for 51, two TDs. That's a six-touchdown game. That could be some guy's career highlights. But that's his second in two weeks. Back-to-back, six-touchdown games. Meanwhile, this SMU team, they're bad. They lost 45-20 to at Michigan earlier in the year. They had a home loss to TCU of 42-12. to They're not good. UCF. Hottest team in college football. Offense moves it fast. They're winning by 35 here. And UCF is just a fan favorite of the pod at this point. Mm-hmm. But never a favorite to go to the playoffs. <laughs> maybe maybe if they make it uh, two back-to-back undefeated seasons, we can get them up there. Uh, but they're uh, 17 consecutive wins. It's crazy. They, they really needed Memphis to, to run the table and get that as a top 15 win. I, I don't see them making the playoffs mm-hmm. now. And who was the game that uh, was canceled because of the hurricane? Wasn't that a Power 5 team? Uh, was, that was at North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, that wasn't. I mean, Power 5 team, yeah. but not very They're good. They're non-powerful Power 5 team. Yeah. They're in there because of basketball. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that will uh, always count on UCF. They've, they've, been, they've been good to us so far. Uh, fun watching them play. That is uh, on Saturday as well. Uh, what's up next for you, Mike? Well, we go from Thursday night to LSU at Florida on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The total is 44, and I'm all about the under here. Uh, seven out of the last ten games with this matchup have hit the under when they play in the swamp. LSU six out of their last seven on the road has been under. In their last six meetings, the average score has been 37. LSU's defense, they've been very stingy this year, so is Florida's allowing 14 points a game for LSU and allowing, no, 15 for LSU, 14 for Florida. So both teams very good on defense. I think it stays tight. Florida's really going to need some big plays to get on the board. And then keep in mind, like I mentioned earlier in my rant, the only way that Mullen scored with this offense was a trick play that caught Moorhead off guard. And Florida's actually hit three out of the last four this season with the under. So I think it's going to be tight. Yeah. And another one of those uh, Mullen games where he controls the clock, <laughs> runs a lot of short passes and runs. And yeah, I mean, in, in LSU, they're not a team that's going to, that's going to run up the scoreboard unless the game dictates that. So I don't think they're going to, you know, try to flip the script and, 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 you know, run a lot of hurry up or run a lot of, run a lot of plays. They'll probably just play down in the mud like Mullen wants to. It may get kind of scary, maybe like a 28-17 type game. I think LSU goes in and covers three. Yeah, but maybe but some the, late touchdowns or something. Defensive yeah, touchdown can screw it I up. Think the, I think the under's there. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, so you got Ella, You got the under at 44 there. That's what it still is on Bavada, so we're good to go there. And uh, what's up next for you, Clay? All right, in keeping with the uh, SEC unders theme, I'm going to roll with Kentucky versus Texas A&M under 50 and a half in College Station. Uh, Texas A&M won a sluggish game against Arkansas last week, 24-14 for a total of 41. Kentucky, very physical on both sides of the football. They like to run it down your throat, beat you at the line of scrimmage. 
their last two SEC games the past two weekends, they've had point totals of 35 and 34. I see this being a 24-21 type game somewhere in that area where I, I just don't know if Kentucky can win in A&M and College Station. They're hot, but who knows? Who knows how good A&M is? They kind of struggle with Arkansas. So we're going to take this under 0-2 so far this year on unders. So we're hoping this one breaks us out of that little slump. Yeah. So, and then, you know, Kentucky's 13th right now. They're 5-0. and uh, They've played uh, – the last two games have been – last two SEC games have been at home for them. So this will be, you know, getting away from uh, Lexington will be big for them. Uh, you know, they're five-and-a-half-point five point underdogs there too. So uh, let's see if they can keep that season going. I mean, that would be crazy to see Kentucky in the top ten possibly. But if they win this game, I'm sure they'll, you know, get consideration. That would be – I don't know if they've – were they? I don't know if they've ever been in the top ten since that, that I can remember. So um, they, they, they were back in their seven with Andre Woodson. Not ah, with Woodson when they beat LSU. Yeah, yeah they beat that. LSU. They beat Florida up there too. I think that was. I, I love that team. They had some NFL guys on there. A lot of NFL guys. Um, Randall Cobb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stevie Johnson. I remember um, Randall Cobb on the sideline when we when they came to Mississippi State. When he we was were so good. <laughs> he was huge. Uh, What's uh What's next up for you, Mike? Well, we've got ourselves a home dog here in October, and I know it's going to be bold, but I got to take Virginia Tech Hokies plus six and a half at home against Notre Dame. Yes, we can all agree they shit the bed. They got beat old by Old Dominion as being a twenty-eight point favorite. They bounced back last week, going on the road to Duke to pick up a thirty-one fourteen win against the famous Tupperville Blue Devils. Not Tupperville. Cliff. Uh, no, da- Cutcliffe. Cutcliffe. Wrong, wrong old Miss coach. Doesn't matter. Cutcliffe doing well. <laughs> been there. Been a legend. Uh, Notre Dame has looked hot this year, I will say. Coming in heads high, undefeated, getting a blowout win last week to Stanford. I think this is a trap game. And I think Fuente's going to have them ready. In Blacksburg, Virginia Tech's covered 11 out of their last 15. And the Hokies have covered every game this year besides Old Dominion, of course. I am a little worried about Virginia Tech and their secondary. Ian Books look pretty good for Notre Dame. But the Rush D is top five in the country. I think Notre Dame squeaks by, but I think it's less than six and a half. Yeah. They, I mean, you're right. They bounced back after that crazy loss. And I was talking about that with somebody yesterday and, you know, talking about Virginia Tech and, you know, the, their aspirations on the season because uh, the ACC is just down. But, you know, I, that old Dominion thing is just a stain. That you probably, probably an outlier. You can't really hold that against them too, too much longer into the season because they're a good team. They'll, they'll have a, you know, a tough one with Clemson too, especially if a quarterback didn't come back. It's a night game. It gets wild in yeah. Blacksburg. Oh, yeah. Great place. Great place to watch it. Uh, Notre Dame, though, that new quarterback they switched out, I think last week was the first, like, full-time week that he was the starter. Um, name is slipping me, but I'll, I'll try to find it. But he, he looks he looks really good. Looks really good. I think it's, maybe his last name's Book. So, I yeah. mean, if you keep a game tight with Vanderbilt at home, it's going to be a little iffy about you. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Uh Let's move on next week. Uh, next, you got what do you got, uh, Clay? All right, Mike. I see your home dog, and I raise you a road dog. We're going to go with the Mizzou Tigers right now. They're plus one at South Carolina, but we don't need that point. We'll we'll take them straight up. 
Mizzou coming off a of bye week. Drew Locke, his arm is rested. Everybody knows he throws it 70 times a week. His arm's been on ice two weeks. I got a source in Columbia giving me the up-to-date on that. South Carolina, they're coming off back-to-back conference road games. They got dominated up front by Kentucky last week. Very physical. They're beat up. This Mizzou team, they hung in there with Georgia two weeks ago. They kind of got hit in the mouth early, hung around, ended up covering. But I like this Mizzou team to beat South Carolina. I think it's a close game, maybe a field goal last second. But I think Mizzou comes out with an upset on the road in Columbia, South Carolina. Yep, I like that one. It's a lot of the lines right now, too, have Mizzou at uh, is even. The game is even, so the money's moving in Missouri's favor for sure. Um, yeah, at this point, Vegas just likes a home, home SEC team. Yeah. <clears throat> but so, I am – I'm on Missouri, too. I think uh, – Yeah. I think they go in there, no problem, get a win. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nick? What's your next pick, Mike? Well, we've we've kept the theme of unders today, so I'm going to keep it going with my final pick. And it's a classic rivalry for the ages, Florida State at Miami. We got the under at 48. Florida's offense, 110th of the nation, has really not been impressive this year. And the only opponents that have been noteworthy on their schedule has been Syracuse and Virginia Tech. And they've scored seven against Syracuse and three against Virginia Tech. Miami has a top 10 defense, only really allowed points against LSU in their opener. Uh, Manny Diaz got them boys rolling now. The longer the year goes, the better Manny Diaz gets with his teams. Uh, The under has hit seven years in a row in this rivalry. And Seminoles games have hit under. 13 out of the last 18 on the road and eight out of the last 10 when they go to Miami. So we're all on this. I think Miami's going to get this one out 28 to 10 or 31, 10, somewhere in that range, but we keep it below 48 for sure. There it is. It's, it's, the theme is under, so we're not going to see a lot of points this weekend, I guess, from the, from your guys' perspective. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe not these games we're picking, but I mean, yeah, there's still some – I mean, Texas-Oklahoma would be yeah. the game I think would be the most scoring. Yeah, I like that game. I'm, I'm really interested in that one. Um, but yeah, it's indoors. Think, yeah. I actually uh, talked to a Florida State fan last night. He's not he's, he's kind of – he's not a fake Florida State fan, but he's a good buddy of mine uh, that I worked with out here, and his wife graduated from Florida State, and he was talking to me. I was like, man, rough season, right? And he was, like, so optimistic about it. And talking about how, you know, I think, you know, if we, if we do this, that. And I'm like, you do understand your team is awful, right? Like, it's not like you had a slip up. It's not like even if – it's not even like your Mississippi State and, and your offense just isn't clicking. Like, you have a really bad team. So. They're you know, not good. Their fans are optimistic. Uh, we'll give them that. Um, Wait till they play Clemson. But Clemson's not, you know. <laughs> yeah. They haven't been too impressive either. Well, that they had an injury situation. They do. So, um, yeah, I think you got one more, don't you, Clay? Yeah, I got one more on this end. We got a uh, a road favorite. This line opened at six. I loved it at six. Loved it on Monday at six. And it somehow slipped to four. Syracuse, minus four today at Pitt. Syracuse, they had Clemson beat. They even hurt Trevor Lawrence. They had the game. Kind of messed around late, lost in Death Valley. Kind of is what it is. But, but all we need to know about Syracuse is who their coach is, Dino Babers. 
if you remember correctly, three years ago at Bowling Green, he covered 10 straight weeks for us. We wrote it every week. That's all he does is cover Dino Babers. You'll hear his name starting to gather more steam. He'll be in a huge Power 5 job in a couple of years. Just wait. This pit team that they're playing is terrible. Last week, they lost at Central Florida 45-14 to 14, to the greatest player ever, Mackenzie Milton. <laughs> two, two weeks ago, before the UCF lost, they lost 38-35 to 35 at North Carolina. We just spent a whole segment making fun of how bad North Carolina is. That's all you need to know. First week of the year, they lost at Penn – actually, it might be second week of the year. They lost at Penn State 51-6. to six. So, if anything of what I just told you makes sense, this Pitt team is terrible. The Syracuse team is good, getting better, too. So, they will easily cover a touchdown on the road. We're getting it at four. Love the number. And that's the last one to give us a 5-0 and o week starting off October. Five and oh. Locktober, baby. Speaking of the devil. <laughs> Syracuse. <laughs> I know. That was a uh, I, I love that pick. I mean Yeah. They I mean they should have beat Clemson. They really should have. They had them beat. It's just elite programs find a way to get it done, right, J Mac? <laughs> According to James that's Franklin. That's all that was. That's what it is. <laughs> their uh their freshman QB. Uh, thrust into it, looking like just a total frat guy, high school, college freshman. So, was loving seeing his face all over the over the screen. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so that's five and zero. Oh, it's October. I mean, I like all the bets. Like you said, a lot of unders this week. Trying to get those in. I uh, got a Thursday night game, Tulsa Houston. Um, you know, both you guys are on Auburn minus three versus Mississippi State. Um, a lot of SEC games uh, peppered in. That's because we're ramping up an SEC season. You know, a lot of a lot of conference matchups. So it's a lot of what people's paying attention to, but a lot of opportunities to make money and, and everything. So run back through uh, uh, Mike and Clay. Run back the y'all's picks real quick. Just the numbers and the teams and everything. Start with you, Mike. Houston minus eighteen Thursday night. Auburn minus three under forty four for the Florida LSU six and a half Virginia Tech. Um, catching Notre Dame and Miami, Florida State under 48. Mm, what about you, Clay? All right, I got Auburn minus three in start Vegas, UCF minus 24 at home, Mizzou, pick them or plus a point, whichever one you want. We're winning money either way. Mm-hmm. Syracuse, Fighting Orange minus four at Pitt, and then I got the under in the Texas Aggies and the Kentucky Wildcats under 50.5. So there's there your you five. Go. Those are your five. And I want to throw a couple uh, money line bets in there. Uh, gotta, gotta got to. Got to do it. I got to. There's a couple that popped out. Um, actually, unfortunately, uh, my pick of Florida last week turned out to be a good one. Solid. Um, so, you know, I guess I, I hedged my emotions, like you said, Mike, and it worked out, even though I would have rather, rather lost that money. Um, <clears throat> there was a couple that I had picked out right here. Uh, one of them, actually, I'm going to go back to Mississippi State and Auburn. If you do think that if you have you have watched the games, you know you've heard us talk about it. I mean, we're all we're we're alumnus, so it's a little bit different than you know not not being a fan of the team. But a lot of their struggles have been can be attributed to coaching and scheme and just not being on the same page and things like that and quarterback troubles. There's a chance in this game that a lot of that uh, could change. You know, think coaching coaching problems in games can you know can be fixed you know at, at any time and can so it could surprise you. Uh, right now, I think they are – it's plus 160. It's a home game. 
Um, they've played good, played Auburn good uh, before uh, in, in Startville, especially if Thompson comes in. You never know what it might do to Auburn's defense if they're not prepared for it. So I like that one. And also uh, Texas and Oklahoma, if I can pull that one up. I like uh, – Texas has been really good as a dog this year. Now, we, we were down on them at the first of the season. Now they're ranked number 19, uh, had a couple good wins in a row. Uh, the Red River Robbery, of course, it's the, at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, so it's neutral. You know there's going to be packed out with both fans, probably more Texas fans. But they're plus 235. They're seven-and-a-half-point dogs. But like I said, they played good as underdogs this year. Uh, you know, Oklahoma struggle with Navy. They have looked – they've looked dominant this year in some aspects offensively, but they haven't really been, you know – they haven't – it's not like it was with Baker where they were, you know, you know, tripling teams up and, 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 you know, and stuff like that. So it's a conference game for them, uh, you know, probably their toughest matchup of the year so far. So we'll see. It's a game I'm going to probably want to watch. It's an early, it's an early game. So uh, I think it's at 11, 11 central time. So uh, I, th- I like Texas plus 235 there. Yeah, I think um, the Mississippi State plus 160, I don't think that's valuable enough for me to buy in on that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if if you're someone who's not a Mississippi State fan, got a little bit more uh, level head than I do, <laughs> I, pro- I mean, you probably may believe in us a little bit more there. But, I mean, the other one you said, Texas, I, I've definitely been looking at that too, plus 235. That's not a bad – not a bad deal just to throw a little bit down to see what happens because rivalry games like that, you never know. Both teams are pretty hyped up. Um, it really depends on how um, Kyler Murray comes out and seeing if Texas can have something to stop him in the beginning. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if they keep it close in the first half, yeah, that would be a fun one to watch, especially to start the day off. Yeah, roll out of bed for me. But the real question, Clay, and I know we didn't really talk about this before, but I'm going to ask you now. With uh, Memphis starting out the way they are, can we expect a bet, at least of, of any sort, on the Tigers this weekend? Minus 35 and a half, home against UConn. Stay or play or go away? The number, we got a bad number right now, 35 and a half. Let's not pretend that UConn's any better than they are because they are terrible. I would think Memphis will have to run this score up to try to get some at least some confidence back, but you just cannot trust Mike Norvell. I I just think these last couple of weeks have really hurt the Mike Norvell stock. They got the fastest player in college football, and they somehow lost by two touchdowns at Tulane. Unacceptable. Come on, Mike. The whole area is riding on you. We're trying to get paid. We don't live in the big houses over there on Shady Grove like you do. We're living month to month, and you're costing us games at Tulane. I don't even want to look at him anymore. Yeah. I mean, we, we chatted earlier this week. They may get the boot from the pod in general. Doesn't matter what direction the season goes. They may just get excommunicated. Yeah. And the over under 78, which wouldn't be bad to play given that Memphis did let Tulane throw up 42 on you. Mm -hmm. So I I tease it. I I take UConn at 42 and a half. I really would. You're getting in the mud with Memphis again, Mike. Don't want to ruin your. I really am. I need to ruin your October. Don't ruin your October. My money line would be Kentucky on the road plus 180. I feel like that. Yeah, I like that one too. Wouldn't be a bad Uh, that one down. Yeah, parlay them all. Yeah, for real. And then Virginia Tech plus 205 at home versus Notre Dame. Uh, Even though we both like Notre Dame to win that game, I think that's a place that they could they could show up with a loss. Um, So, uh, anyway. 
speaking of excommunicating the tigers, uh, one of our listeners that we hinted at last week, um, left a voicemail for us this week. And, uh, <clears throat> wanted to let wanted to let that play. He has some comments on the tigers, a couple of bets, uh, a little bit of everything. So, uh, We'll uh, we'll let that voicemail play, and uh, and then we'll we'll break it down after after you hear this. What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? What up? Hey, this is the snitch. First time on the pod, long time listener, first time caller. Just want to say hey to Mike, Jacob, and Clay. Um, got a few things I want to touch on real quick. Um, you know, being the Memphis guy I am, embodying grit and grind, living in the nine hundred one. I don't want to hear a damn thing about them hometown Tiger High cats. I mean, I'm tired of it. They're they're a fraud. Uh, They're never going to cover again. I've wasted too much money watching that stripe-up team. I'm just not going to do it. Second thing I want to touch on is I'm now a millionaire. Thanks to the $2 million lock of the weeks, one, Bama against Ole Miss, and two, LSU against Ole Miss. I put my rent on each of them, plus then, and now I got a brand new house overlooking the river. I got butlers. I got maids. Millionaire, thanks to this pod. Um, I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I don't like many of the games this week. Uh, just wanted to say, you know, I, judging by my count, Clay's about at 500. Not terrible. That's always a push is always good. But, you know, Mr. Lose Our Money Mike. Um, about four games under 500, and and that's just not going to cut it. Um, unfortunately, I love you guys. I've enjoyed watching opening night at Max's with the boys. I've had a few games with Clay. Uh, I know you've seen some in person with me, and it's going to be a great second half of the year. I'm ready to get rich, get more rich, and get more rich. You make picks. I make money. I don't make any picks on this. I just want to say you're doing a great job. And last thing, I am the pro Parsons NBA pod guy, and I think Parsons is a 20 and 10 guy. Easily a walking double double. His player tribune piece just brought me to tears. It really did. Um, and I think he's invested himself in the community. Clay and I were listening to his GP piece. He was talking about doing yoga and Pilates with us. I mean, it's, it's, it's been amazing and I hope we can embrace Parsons and continue to rep 25 around the city because there's probably about two jerseys out there in the city, and, and Clay has one of them, and, and I'll probably have the third here soon. So uh, under the covers, keep up the good work. I hope to get on a live spot soon. I don't like any of the games really this week. Maybe Auburn. I think Mississippi State might bounce back. I'm not sure about Joe Moorhead. I know all the State fans want to kill him. I'm very, very high on Kentucky. They're a good team with first-rounders on both sides of the ball. Defensive end and running back, and that pretty much controls the line of scrimmage on both sides, and they've been – I've watched a couple games. They've been dominating, and I really like them right now. Besides that, let's wait a week on the Rebs. Let's fade them against Arkansas and Little Rock. The snitch back again. They cut me off because it was too long. Last thing I was saying, let's wait and fade the Rebs in Little Rock because that team is going to beat Ole Miss. We might even look at the money line there. That is big money. The last time we beat Arkansas, probably – I don't even know when. Probably wasn't Little Rock when we won a last-second field goal when me and Clay were freaking juniors at Ole Miss. It's unbelievable. Fade the Reds the rest of the year. They're terrible. Make money off them, and thanks for having me. All right. Well done. Well done. Appreciate the listen. 
uh, snitch. Really appreciate it. I'm loving the, I'm loving all this hate that you're giving me, especially rolling into October. Uh, 11 and 14, by the way, that's three wins below 500, not four. So if you're gonna if you're gonna trash talk the pod or trash talk a picker, you need to at least check my record before you start throwing out records. But let me tell you this: here's my record. When I bet on a weekday game, I'm undefeated, hadn't lost. Thursday night, love it or fade it, your choice. <laughs> if you want to go down to Bill Street and bet on that one, I'm fine. Silky's bucket. I know Clay's going to find his debtor, take care of Maddie. Um, Tiger High, I will agree. I think if Clay puts another dime on Tiger High, we definitely need to trash him a, a little bit. So appreciate the listen. And yeah. I think that, you know, you got to trust the process, as they say. So keep it tight with me, or you can just keep fading me and you'll get broke eventually. <laughs> Hey, big shout out to Snitch for that pot for that voicemail. You know, if you spoke any longer, Snitch, we might suggest you start your own pod. <laughs> but uh, Snitch is a big, he's a big fan. I uh, I keep up with him pretty regularly, and uh, he's been telling me all the research he's been doing for the uh, season preview Grizzlies pod with Jacob. So I know he's really excited about that. Look forward to hearing his opinions, good or bad, on that. So thanks for the voicemail, Snitch. Yeah, for sure. And uh, exactly. That was a pretty, that was a rather long voicemails in two parts. You'll hear it in two parts if there's a gap there. And uh, maybe we should just count that as his first guest appearance. I don't know. I mean, could have been, uh, could be, but, um, <clears throat> but other than that, yeah, appreciate the voicemail. Uh, he did me earlier. Let me know he was leaving it. Appreciate all the involvement. Like you said, we're planning that NBA, that uh, Grizzlies preview in the next week or so. And he'll be involved in that. Yeah. Keep them coming, man. Keep yeah. them coming. Yeah, every week, whatever. If we'll I'm wrong again, time. go ahead and trash me again. This is an open space. <laughs> we, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll trash you if we need to, Mike. But <laughs> At least no. I'm putting it on wax here. Yeah. You, you, hey, your thoughts are out there now. So they're public knowledge. So you're, you're letting yourself open to it. It's a bold move on your part. Um, anyway, uh, we have actually one more voicemail. Uh, we actually had uh, – Frequent listener Maddie Powell call in to uh, you know kind of recap his uh, his claims that you heard earlier uh, that you heard uh, his Clay's comments on. He wanted to rehash those a little bit, so uh, here's his uh, here's his voicemail. What's up, guys? I'm back again. I'm not going to give you uh, another hot take this week. Just off pure embarrassment on last week, I'm gonna be man enough to admit when I'm wrong. So. Clay, next time I'm on Bill Street, I'll for sure get you that bucket. So don't worry about that. But yeah, still embarrassed. The Rebs let me down. So yeah, that's all I got this week. Keep up the good work. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie. I could have sworn we wouldn't be hearing from you again, but I was wrong. Uh, you know, that was a pretty gracious in defeat. You know, when you're that wrong, you should take it like a man, and you did. So, you know, if I don't see you in Austin, I'll get you back here in Memphis whenever you're home for Christmas, I'm sure. But if you don't mind, I'm going to get my good friend, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, to tell you one more time what you can do with that ticket. Turn that some bitch sideways and stick it straight up. You're going to get it. <laughs> you heard it there. That the, 
can't argue with the rock. <laughs> hey, at least he, uh, he owned up to it. Good for him. Good for him. That's the most unpal thing I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, hey, I've owned up to everything I've he, screwed up already, Matt, including Ohio State Lock. Oh, I apologize. He's making adult moves in life. He's going down to Austin, getting big, big time jobs. He's, uh, he's, he's becoming an adult more and more every day. Getting those checks. Finally. <laughs> but, but of course, we all appreciate Maddie being involved. He always texts us, gives us shout outs and everything, you know, retweets and everything like that. So, uh, wish him well down in Austin. Of course, we'll all meet up over the holidays, and uh, I'll try to make it down to Austin as well. Do a little trip. I'm sure we'll all try to make it down there uh, at least once while he's while he's uh, when he gets moved in. Um, but other than that, guys, uh, <clears throat> was there anything else you guys wanted to cover? Uh, other than uh, you know, we did the bets, money lines, voicemails. Anything else from uh, you know big games this weekend that we didn't touch on, or did you want to elaborate on anything else? I got nothing on my end. Just Five and zero slate lined up. Yeah, yeah. Five and zero, five and zero slate, and hopefully we get some good games. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, get like you said, getting in. You know, it's week six. Uh, uh, not halfway, not exactly halfway through, but uh, probably like you said, two third or a third of the way. Um, <clears throat> we uh, we discussed it a little bit. I think as uh, next week we're going to do a little bit of a recap of some of the futures that we spoke about a little bit earlier this season. Maybe if there's some that we, we uh, took that we didn't even discuss, we'll go over those. It's a somewhat a midpoint, you know, week seven, including like a conference championship season and all that good stuff. So we'll, we'll rehash a couple of those futures along with the best bets. So look forward to that. And, um, and also, uh, as I was telling Mike and Clay earlier, our good friend Blake uh, was flew out here for work this week. We actually recorded uh, a live, you know, in-person uh, podcast, a uh, little you know, no easy buckets, uh, not under the covers, but just no easy buckets, uh, kind of the C- NBA kickoff or whatever. We just chatted a little bit about the off season, some of the storylines, just, you know, a, a casual conversation, not a lot of, uh, you know, not, not a lot of professional structure or anything there, just a lot, you know, what most people have been talking about. And that'll kind of lead us into our next ep- couple episodes where we'll include, uh, of course, Hunter uh, for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies preview. We'll get, uh, you know, maybe some preseason uh, or some, season win totals and whatnot and also um you know some divisional breakdowns and things like that so pumped to get going with the uh nba content and some grizzly stuff so make sure to uh listen to that and um if there's nothing else for you guys i appreciate you jumping on again as always oh, yeah no problem, no problem. yes back next week. all right follow everybody on twitter and social i tweet we tweeted out on uh thursday mornings you can uh, follow us there It's on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, and Anchor. So um, other than that, guys, peace.
said, don't give up, it's a little complicated, all tied up, no more love, and I'd hate to see you waiting. Shooting for-